Isaiah chapter 6. Isaiah chapter 6. Have a seat. Isaiah chapter 6. Give me Isaiah chapter 6. <laughs> In the year that King Uzziah died, I saw the Lord, the master sitting on a throne. Give me King James. Yes, it says, in the year that the king Uzziah died, I saw also the Lord sitting on the throne high and lifted up, and his train filled with the temple. Above it stood the seraphim. Each one had six wings. With twine he covered his face, and with twine he covered his feet, and with twine he did fly. And one cried unto another and said, Holy, holy, holy is the Lord of hosts. The whole earth is full of his glory. And the post of the door moved at the voice of him that cried. And the house was filled with smoke. Then I said, woe is me, for I am undone because I am a man of unclean lips. And I dwell in the midst of the people of unclean lips. For mine eyes have seen the king, the Lord of hosts. Then flee one of the seraphim unto me, having a, having a, a live coal in his hand which he had taken with the tongues from one of the altar. And he said, it up, and he said laid it upon my mouth and said, Lo, these have touched thy lips, and thine iniquity is taken away, and thy sin purged. Verse 8, which the place of emphasis. He says, also I heard the voice of the Lord saying, Whom shall I send? And who will go for us? Then I said, Here I am, um, send me. Here am I, send me, hallelujah. Here I am, oh here am I, send me. Send me. In every generation, there's a cry for men. There's a desire for men and women that God can rely on. There's a cry for men and women that God can send. And what I just want to say in these few minutes is a charge to all of us. It's a reminder to all of us. It's a call to all of us. Is to, to bring us back to this realization that we've been created for a purpose. Hallelujah. That each and every one of us have been created to shine for God. God created you and I that we will, that we will shine for him. In every generation, this same question is thrown at who is that man, who is that woman that I can send forth that can represent me? Who is that man, who is that young man, who is that woman that I can trust? This is the very reason for why he has called us out of darkness. First Peter chapter 2 verse 9. Says something, he says what? That we are holy, what? Give me that scripture, First Peter 2, verse 9. But ye are a chosen generation, a royal priesthood, and a holy nation, a peculiar people, that ye should shew forth the praises of him who had called you out of darkness into his marvelous light. Hallelujah. 
He has chosen us for a purpose. Not only that God created us for a purpose, but he has also chosen us for a purpose. He has recreated us in Christ for a purpose. Hallelujah. First of all, when we were born, you were born because of God's purpose. And even in Christ, Ephesians chapter 2 verse 10, Ephesians chapter 2 verse 10, Ephesians 2 verse 10, says what? For we are his what? His workmanship created in Christ Jesus unto what? Unto good works, which God had before ordained that we should do or that we should walk in them. Give me this text in NLT. We are recreated. First of all, you were born for a purpose. And that purpose is that you will shine for Christ. For we are God's masterpiece. He has created us anew in Christ Jesus. Now, this one is not talking about your biological birth. Hallelujah. First of all, before you were born, right, God had a purpose before he created you. Because God never creates a man without a purpose. There's nothing that God does without a purpose. Hallelujah. So even when he created man for a purpose and man decided to go out of God's purpose, what did he do? He recreated the man in Christ Jesus to do what? To fulfill that same purpose. Amen? So our God is a God of purpose. You and I are his masterpiece. We are his masterpiece. He has created us anew in Christ. So we can do the good things he planned long be before the foundation of this world. Even before the fall of man. Hallelujah. So recreating us in Christ is to bring us back to this place where we will be able to fulfill his purpose. Hallelujah. So we see here at Prophet Isaiah had an encounter. When he had an encounter with God and then God called him. After God has touched his lips. After God has, has, has reformed his life. He become qualified to go forth and do the will and the purpose of God. Hallelujah. So also in this generation, God is looking for men. Jeremiah chapter 51 verse 20. Not only that God recreated us, we are his masterpiece, but 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 we are his we are his we are his battle axe. Amen. We are the ones that God relies on. You are my battle axe. I'm reading from verse 20 to verse 26. It says, You are my battle axe and sword. Amen. <clears throat> now, who is he talking about here? He's talking about you and I that have been recreated in Christ Jesus. You are my battle axe and sword, says the Lord. With who? With you. I will shatter nations and destroy many kingdoms. With you, I will shatter armies, destroying the host and the rider, the chariot, and the charioteers. With you, I will shatter men and women, old people and children, young men and maidens. With you, I will shatter shepherds, flocks, farmers and oxen, captains and officers. I will repay Babylon, the people of Babylon, for all the wrong they have done for my people in Jerusalem, says the Lord. Look, almighty mountain destroyer of the earth. 
I am your enemy. I am your enemy, says the Lord. I will raise my fist against you to knock you down from the heights when I have finished. When I am finished, you will be nothing but a heap of burnt rubbles. You will be desolate forever. Even your stones will never again be used for building. You will be completely wiped out, says the Lord. Hallelujah. But for God to execute this that he has planned to do, he executed through you and I. Hallelujah. Do you see how important you are in the agenda of God? Do you see how, why God will go far in ensuring that he restore you to your original status in him? That he will be able to achieve his endless possibilities upon the earth. Amen? And that's a reminder for you and that's a reminder for me. Heaven is looking down in search of a man, in search of a woman. There's a need. Amen? There's a need for men. There's a need for young men, not just old men, vibrant men that are willing to commit everything to the cause of this work. And when I'm, talking about, when I'm talking about this work, I'm not talking about preaching on the pulpit. Hallelujah. I'm talking about being on this earth and enforcing the will and the counsel of God. In different facets of life. Different spheres of influence. Different spheres of human endeavor. God's desire is that he, he execute his will upon the earth. And for that to be, to, to, to be executed, it takes men. It takes women. It takes men that are committed. It takes men that are willing. It takes men that have been prepared in order to do this particular work. Hallelujah. Can you tell yourself that I'm a battle axe? I'm an instrument in the hand of the Lord. I'm an instrument in the hand of the Lord. Some people are saying this and they are not believing it. You mean even me? With all that has happened in my life, with all that is happening in my life, with all that I see will happen in my life, you are my battle axe and sword. Now, there are three important things that I want, to, I want you to know about yourself. Hallelujah. Just three things and then we pray. Three very important things that I want you to realize about yourself. And the essence of this is that we have this, it's a reminder, it's a charge for us to know what God intends to do with us. Amen? Jeremiah chapter 1. Jeremiah chapter 1, verse, verses 4. Give me uh, Amplified. Jeremiah chapter 1, verse 4. Yes. The Lord gave me this message. Hallelujah. The Lord did what? The Lord gave me this message. Or in the, in the King James it says, the, the, then the word of the Lord came to me saying, before I formed you in the womb, I do what? 
I knew you. Hallelujah. And approved of you as my what? As my choosing instrument. And before you were born, I consecrated you to who? To myself and my own. I have appointed you as a prophet to where? To the nations. And look at that verse for clearly. The word of the Lord is going specifically to you. Amen. Now, God wasn't speaking to another person, but he was speaking to who? To Jeremiah. Hallelujah. And through what God has used to speak to Jeremiah, he's speaking to you right now, specifically to you. And this word is talking about you. He's not talking to your friend. He's not talking to all of us in general. He's talking to you as an individual. First and foremost, before I formed you in the womb, I knew you. So the first thing that I want you to know about you that is very important if you must be able to do the will and the purpose of God is that God knew you before you were born. Hallelujah. What happened? God knew you. He knows the end from the beginning. He knows every detail concerning your life. He knows every detail of your current experiences. He knows everything that you are experiencing. Even before you were created. Hallelujah. The Bible it says that he knows Jeremiah before he was conceived in his mother's womb. Amen. That is very important. You mean God knows about me? Yes, he knows about you. You mean God knows about all the, the bitter experiences I'm passing through? Of course, God knows about it. You mean God knows of all the things that has happened to me? Yes, God knows about it. And even knows the things that will happen in the future concerning you. Hallelujah. He knows what the future has for you. And the essence of this information that you should know about you, right, is so that you can trust and rely on him. Amen? When you are aware that someone knows you, right, knows everything that concerns your life, knows what is happening in your life, should give you that ability to trust him because he knows everything that concerns your life. He is not short of information concerning your experiences. He is not short of information concerning your shortcomings. He is not short of information concerning your strength and your abilities. Hallelujah. Hence, you can trust and rely on him and not in your own understanding. Not in your own understanding. God knows your limitation. Hallelujah. Remember what, 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 what Isaiah says. When his eyes was opened to see the glory of the Lord, to see the magnificence of God, he said, woe is me. He saw how little he is compared to the glory of God. He saw how insignificant he is compared to, compared to what, what God is. And the only thing you could look at is himself and his disability. The only thing you could look at is himself and what? And all how short he has come to the standard and, and, and the purpose of God. Hallelujah. But yet, God was merciful and able to resolve that matter of his shortcoming. Isaiah 49 verse 1. 
Isaiah 49 verse 1. We'll come back to this Jeremiah. But let's look at Isaiah 49 verse 1. It says, listen to me, all islands and coastlands, and pay attention. You people are far away. The Lord has called me from the womb. Hallelujah. The, God, the Lord has done what? Has done what? He has called me from the womb, from the body of my mother. He has named me. Amen? Even from the womb, the Lord has called you by name. He knows that this is what your name will be. Hallelujah. You are not an accident in God's agenda, no matter what your experience is. You are not a misfortune. You are not a misfit. You are not a product of social accident. That is not your identity. Amen? What people call you is not what you are. It's what God is saying concerning your life that is, that is what you are. If you must do what God has called you to do, to shine for him, you must, you must see yourself in the light of who God is calling you to be. Hallelujah. You must carry yourself in the context of how God has, has, has made you to be. God knows you while you are still in your mother's womb. Hallelujah. Jump to verse 5 of that Isaiah 49. Verse 5. And now says the Lord who formed me from the womb. Look at how God does his things. It's not, oh, you are created. You're just born by accident. Then now God decides, mm, what are we going to do with this lady? I think, let's, 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 let's give her this purpose. No. Oh, you are just born and God is, is wondering who is this that is born. Hallelujah. That's not how God works. And now says the Lord who formed me from the womb. To be his what? The Lord formed him from the womb to be his servant. To bring Jacob back to him and Israel might be gathered. That Israel might be gathered to him. For I am honored in the eyes of the Lord. And my God is my strength. Hallelujah. And that is exactly the statement of God concerning your life. Right while you were in the womb, even before you enter your mother's womb. Amen. God has set, has set you as part for an assignment, for a purpose. And for this prophet here, his, his purpose is to do what? His agenda is to do what? Is to draw back the Israelites from far, afar off, to gather them. He says, for I am honored in the eyes of the Lord, and my God is my strength. Exodus 33, verse 12. God knew you before you were born. And that should be a comfort for you. That should be a consolation. That should be something that excite, should excite you. Moses said to the Lord, See, you say to me, bring up these people, but you have not let me know whom you will send with me. Yet you said, look at what God said to him, I know you by name. And you have also found favor in my sight. Hallelujah. I know you by name. Amen. I know you by name. The second thing you must know about yourself, very important. You've been sanctified and set apart even before you were born for a purpose. 
you've been sanctified, you've been set apart, you've been consecrated for a purpose before you were born. Jeremiah chapter 1 verse 5. Look at what God was telling Jeremiah. He says, before I formed you in the womb, I, di I did what? I knew you and approved of you as my chosen instrument. First of all, God has approved you. The reason why you are alive, because God has approved you, is because he has chosen you as an instrument. Hallelujah. Then secondly, and before you were born, I have consecrated you. Consecration has to do with setting apart. Amen? Firstly, he knows you before you cre he created you. Secondly, he has set you apart for something, for a purpose, before he even allowed you to be conceived. Hallelujah. You've been set apart. You've been set apart. Not for any purpose, but for God's own purpose. He says, for myself and for my own. And, and my own. Hallelujah. As my own. God has set you apart as his own. What your purpose is has been predetermined by God before he created you. Amen? So when you hear us teaching about purpose, 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 we are not telling you that you should go and find something somewhere and, and claim it and say it's your purpose. No. What we are trying to tell you is the all that you are and all that you will become is in Christ. We are pointing you to self-discovery. Self-discovery is in Christ Jesus. Hallelujah. So the essence, what we make emphasis on what? Know who you are. Know what is for you to go back to Christ and look inwardly at what he has done, what he has, he has, he has created you for. Purpose came first before creation. The idea of what you do came first before God created you. Amen? God has set you apart for specific purpose. You must work to discover and become that which God has made you to be. Hallelujah. He knows you and he has consecrated you. The essence of consecration is for unique use. Hallelujah. You are not created for everything. God did not make you for everything. Amen? In fact, you cannot do everything because you are not God. So there is definite specification to why God created. That's why we are unique. Hallelujah. So in case you don't like the way you are, maybe you have an argument with God. Because God is your maker. So you must know that your, your specification is God that determines your, spe your specification. John the Baptist was set apart from the womb also. Luke chapter five, 1 verse 15. Luke chapter 1 verse 15. We'll see where it says, For he will be great and distinguished in sight of the Lord and will never drink wine or liquor. And he will be filled with, a, with an empowered to act by the Holy Spirit while still in his mother's womb. Hallelujah. This is the prophecy concerning John the Baptist. Even before he was born, even before he was conceived in his womb, in his, his, in his mother's womb, 
the angel of the Lord has declared what he will do, what he will become, what will behold him, what will become of him. Hallelujah. And let me tell you, it's not different from you. Amen? This you are seeing, that is the way God operates. Hallelujah. That is the way God works. That even before you came to this world, he knows about you. He knows everything that concerns your life. He knows what your experiences is going to be. And then he has set a course of life specifically for you. What you become and what you will be in him. We see also Paul. Galatians chapter 1 verse 11. So also Paul, you know, for I want, verse 11 to 15 says, for I want you to know, believers, that the gospel which was preached by me is not man's gospel. It is not a human invention patterned after my human concept. For indeed, I did not receive it from man, nor I was taught it, but I received it through a direct revelation of Jesus Christ. For you have heard of my career. Amen. This is where some of us, our own life, our own story comes in. You've heard of my career as former and, and former manner of life in Judaism. How I used to hunt, who? Hunt down and persecute the, persecute the church of God extensively and with fanatical zeal. Tried my best to destroy it. And you have heard now, and you have heard how I surpassed many of my contemporaries among my countrymen in my advanced study of the law of Judaism as I was extremely loyal to the traditions of my ancestors. But look at this. But when God, who had chosen me, hallelujah, after all that he has done, amen, after all that he has executed in ignorance, but when God, hallelujah, who had chosen me and did what? And set me apart. When? So you mean Paul was set apart before he was born. But he was persecuting the church. Isn't that an irony? Hallelujah. God has set you apart right even before you were born. I was, he says, set me apart before I was born. And what did he do? And he called me through his grace. Was pleased to reveal his son to me. Let's go back to that verse 15. I don't want to go further. It says, and he called me through his grace. Hallelujah. So your consecration is an act of grace. Amen? It's not because of all that you think you have. The historic documentation of your past life. You think you have the worst life? You think you've lived the worst kind of life? And I will show you people that, have, that you've not lived half of their, the kind of atrocities they've lived. But you see, the grace of God is able to reveal to you who God has originally intended that you should be. Hallelujah. This same grace has appeared to all men. And it is what is training us. Amen. It is what is equipping us. It is what is empowering us to say no to all this ungodliness so that we'll be able to live the kind of life. That is what the kind of life that God wants us to live, to shine. Hallelujah. In this very present generation. Amen. God has called you. 
He has set you apart. Through his grace, and God is pleased about you. Hallelujah. God is pleased about you. Now the thought that I want you to know about yourself. Jeremiah chapter 1, verse 5. Not only that God has, has knows you or he knew you. Secondly, God has set you apart. Thirdly, God has appointed you. Amen. What has he done? He has appointed you. Some translation will say he has ordained me. He has ordained you. Hallelujah. God has appointed you. God has ordained, uh, he ordained. Your ordination did not happen when you were born. Your ordination happened right before you were born. Even before you existed, God has ordained you for what he has called you to do. Amen? So your ordination is not until men of God lay hand on you before you've been ordained. No. God has already ordained you even before he created you. Amen? So I want you to have this understanding. Because God wants us to shine for him. He created you so that you'll be able to live out for him. Your ordination or appointment is for a specific responsibility. I sanctify thee and I've ordained thee a what? A prophet unto the nations. That is to, uh, to Jeremiah. The specification of his assignment is not to be a king unto nations. Hallelujah. Jeremiah was not to be what? To be judge over the nation. Amen. Jeremiah was not to be priest over the nation. Amen. They were someone else is a priest, right? Someone is a king in that same generation of Jeremiah. So for you, have you come to the realization of what the specification of your appointment is? The last time we talked about purpose, right? We dealt with purpose. The essence of this is to bring us to this understanding that we'll be able to shine the light. And we began to talk about relationship. And do you know the essence of this? The essence of this teaching we do, let me show you Ecclesiastes chapter 10, verse 10. Ecclesiastes chapter 10, verse 10. Give me in, in message first. Ecclesiastes chapter 10, verse 10. It says, remember, the duller the axe, the harder the work. Amen? Somebody, I just trust that God will just help us to link this thing. It says, the duller the axe, the harder the, the work. Use your head. The more brains, the less muscles. Now, let's read it in Amplified. Remember, we saw that we are what? We are, what are we? We are God's masterpiece. We are God's battle axe. We are God's sword. He has created us for his purpose. He has called us out of darkness into what? Into his light so we can shine. We saw that what? Even before we were born, he has ordained us for a purpose. So if this axe is dull and he does not sharpen its edge, then they must exert more strength. Hallelujah. But what? 
wisdom to sharpen the axe helps him to succeed with less effort. Hallelujah. So the essence of this teaching is that we will be sharpened. Amen? So when we talk about relationship, the essence of talking about relationship is so that our, our, we'll be cutting it. So that we'll be, we'll be much more useful in executing the purpose of God. The reason why we talk about purpose is, is sharpening our ages that will be more useful in the hands of God. Hallelujah. And even when we begin to talk about finances, finances is about sharpening our age for that purpose. So now with all these teachings, is your life still blunt? Hmm? Is your head. Is your life still blunt? Because it's one thing for you to be sharpened. God is busy sharpening your age, sharpening your life. Your relationship must stretch. Your finances must stretch. Your health, your this, your that. So that you do what? So that you'll be a good instrument that he will use. That is the essence. Our life, some of us, drust has finished it. We are roasted. I pray that God will help us. That not only that we know and we see ourselves in the light that God has is, is, is seen us. My heart cry and my desire is that we will align ourselves to what God is doing in this season. Because you see, if any man's life is not sharpened, he cannot execute that which God has called him to do. Even though you are a battle axe, well, you will not be used. How many of you enjoy using a knife that doesn't cut? Hmm? All of us, we, work, we do kitchen work, right? Maybe you want to slaughter that chicken you brought out of the fridge. And the knife is not responding. What do you do with the knife? Keep it away. Or you sharpen it. If you sharpen the knife and the knife refuses to, you throw it away. You carry another one. Hallelujah. So the question in your life is, which part of your life is blunt? Amen? Which part of your life will you allow God, through the teachings that he is bringing in this season, to make you sharp? What excesses in your life will God remove to make you sharper? Are you aligning yourself? Sharpening is a painful experience for the knife. It's unconducive for the knife. It's, it's, it's not an experience that the knife enjoys passing through. But the essence is that it will be sharp. Hallelujah. So when God is confronting you, and what does he use in sharpening? The Bible says, iron sharpened what? So also is what? The countenance of who? Of a friend, right? When God is using his word to sharpen you, when God is using people around you to correct you, I beg you in the name of God, don't rebel. 
Because God has created you for what? To shine for him. Hallelujah. Iron sharpening iron, uh, sharpens iron. So one man sharpens and influences another through discussions. And what betrays you if your discussion is useless discussions? You even be blunt the more. Amen? If the discussion is not something that sharpens me, if it's not something that edifies you, if it's not something that, that makes you sharper in the hand of God, anything that becomes a hindrance to you becoming that which God has created you to become are things that you shouldn't even give much of your time to. Because God knows you, God has consecrated you, and God has ordained you. Hallelujah. Therefore, your life must be different. Therefore, your life must be sharpened for that which he has, he has, he has called, he called you his battle axe. Do you know what it means? That heaven can do nothing except with you. Amen? Heaven is depending on you. That is what I want to tell you. Even me, yes, even you. With all I've done and all I've become, all, all that, only if you will yield yourself for that sharpening that God is able to do, he will, he will, he will turn your life into a wonder. So I want to plead and I want to beg that you allow God to execute his counsel through your life. Hallelujah. Have you come to the understanding and acceptance of your specific contribution to the kingdom of God? There's much, much, much more to say, but close your eyes and speak to God. For some of us, our prayer should be, Lord, I want to surrender again. Because I discovered that I've, I've deviated. I've gotten another priority that is not you. For some of us this evening, our cry will be, Lord, thank you for reminding me that this is, this is what you've, you intended about my life right from the foundation of this world. For some of us, we have to ask God, Lord, which area of my life is crooked that needs sharpening? Because today I've come to realize that you know me and you've set me apart and you've appointed me. And when I look into my life, I don't see myself sharp enough to execute your counsel. I don't see myself ready to shine forth in this generation. Let me tell you, God will pass you by if you are not aligned. When the prophet was crying and shouting, oh Lord, you know, I'm the only prophet of God. This, 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 they are looking for me to kill me. God said, see, you not, don't think that I am this dump. I have other reserves. So if you think you don't want to do, you are not doing again. There are some I've hidden for myself that I will use. To be used by God, let me tell you, you are not doing God a favor. It's a privilege. 
that God is partnering with you, even you. Even you. Yes. That God has decided to partner with you to influence your own generation. And you are not, you are not, you are not, you are not doing your own part. You don't want to cooperate with God. You don't want you, you don't want to you don't want to engage in spiritual activities. You allowed even academics to be an influence. To, uh, see, academics can make you miss the purpose of God for your life. The pursuit for money will make you miss the purpose of God for your life. It can't do that. The search for fulfillment in other things can sabotage the will and the purpose of God for your life. If I were you, I would be asking God for mercy. Not only that I am asking for mercy, but I'm asking God to to show me mercy. Every area of my life that need work in the name of Jesus Christ that you walk on me. I lay myself on the throne. I lay myself on on the altar. I lay myself on the altar. Can we just pray, Father? Let your word come to me again. Let your word come to me. In Jesus' name. Can we just rise to our feet? We're just going to pray this prayer with more understanding. Let's rise to our feet. We're just going to pray this prayer with more understanding. I don't know whether it happens to you, but it happens to me. You know, the more you listen to a message as it's coming... The Holy Spirit is teaching you more things. So what the man of God is saying, you are writing more. Even what he is saying, you are hearing more different things, more additional things. You pay attention, the Holy Spirit is opening your eyes to see more in the scriptures. Not only for you, for, for friends around, for systems around, you just see lots of things. One of the things that I saw from here is that for everybody that the Lord has used in the scripture, his word came to them. Amen? It didn't come to another person. He ensured that his word specifically came to them. And the word of the Lord came to Lorato. And the word of the Lord came to Kola. And the word came to Frederick. These people had to have the word of God for themselves. The Lord will ensure that your instruction originally comes to you. Your, your specificity. He said consecration is for uniqueness. Your specific. So your word must come to you. And I quickly ran. I checked Ezra. Ezra chapter 1 verse 1. And now in the first of the year of Cyrus the king, the word of the Lord came. I went to Nehemiah. The same thing. The word of the Lord 
came. I went to Esther. I went to Job. I went down from that Jeremiah. I went to Ezekiel. I went to Daniel. I went to Hosea. I went to Joel, Amos, Obadiah, Jonah, Micah, Nahum, Habakkuk, Zephaniah, till Malachi. All of those places. The word of the Lord came to them. So if we are going to write, if God was going to continue writing the scriptures and your name will be written, can we find the first chapter says, and the word of the Lord came to you? Because this book is specific to them because of their assignments. That is why we have Micah. We have Obadiah. Because the word of the Lord came to them. For, so can we have, if the Bible will, if we will continue writing the Bible in this time, can we have another book? Say, the book of Kola. And in the beginning of that book, we say, and the word of the Lord came to Kola Wale in the year 2023, when so-so-so and so-so-so happened, and Kola Wale began to excel in strength and wisdom. And he began to conquer nations. And he began to do this. And he began, can, 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 that is inquiry. Many of us, we have to leave this place and then you have to go and hold God. His word must come to you about your life. If not, you're going to live a copy of another person's life. The word of the Lord has to come to you. Your own word, not another person's word. Your own word. Can we just open our, our mouth and say, Father, speak to me. Let your word come to me again. Let your word come to me. Whether you are a, you are, you are, you are a child, you are a daughter here, you are a father, you are a wife, the word of the Lord is what will drive the course of your life. You know, every day I become confident in the things that I'm doing because I keep hearing the word. Yesterday in the morning, he spoke something to me and he, and he brought the evidence in the afternoon. My day yesterday was full of faith. I'm just, fear keeps leaving me every day. I see fear. I'm not afraid anymore. Can you say, Father, speak to me. Let your word come to me again. About my life, about my assignment, about my calling, about who I am. Every kind of life that I need to live aligned to your will, let your word come to me. 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 Jesus, let your word come to me. For the next things I'm going to do this year, let your word come to me. The things I'm going to do in the next 20 years to come, if Jesus tarries, let your word come to me. Jesus, I will not live life accidentally. I will not live life, oh God, by chance. I will not live life under, under the instruction of Lucky. I will not live life.